Hello, Hawks fans. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am Tim Ogles, and today we'll be breaking down the Atlanta Hawks loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, 125 to 114. As always, I am with my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky. Mikey, what are, what are your first thoughts on this game? Well, going into this game, Tim, as we saw Trey Young out, out with illness, ruled out pretty early on in the day. Going into this game, my mindset about what the Hawks needed to do was without Trey Young, DeJounte Murray really needed to mix and match mix and match the offense. Uh, get take take the 76ers away from guarding that 15 footer, which which they'll which they were able to, and kind of get to the rim a little bit more or shoot more threes, kind of keep the defense uh off balance. But unfortunately, DeJounte was not able to do that. And especially late in the game, the offense kind of just the offense froze. wasn't any continuity, and you know Trey Young, the leading po- the leading point scorer in clutch points in the NBA. When you- the Hawks don't have him, it's- that tends to happen. And late in the fourth, it was it was a bad it was it was a bad look for the offense. Let's just say that. Yeah, as an overall feel of this game, I thought that the Hawks really came out and competed, and they they brought the fight to Philly, and they just couldn't get it done. Definitely in the in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that DeAndre Hunter played a heck of a game. I know me. You talked about it in the last pod about him coming home to Philly and yep. he got ejected in their last matchup and and him wanting a little get back and, and he, he played a heck of one. So if you want to go ahead and start off the first and uh, we'll keep moving. Yeah, uh, yeah that's great points. De- Dejounte, uh, sorry, DeAndre Hunter definitely definitely had definitely put his put his stamp on this game. And historically, Hawks versus Sixers games begin with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid dominated the first few minutes of this game. The Sixers got out to a 14-8 to lead, and Embiid scored nine of those points. Yeah, I thought Joel, as soon as this game started, the Hawks felt the impact of Joel Embiid. There was no question. That. Yeah, he made he made his presence felt felt early. And when the Hawks faced the 76ers in Atlanta a few weeks ago, it, it, it was similar. Uh, Capella really struggled guarding Embiid in the beginning. Did a little bit better toward uh, as the game went on, uh, but... It, this was this was a usual first quarter masterclass, let's say, uh, from Embiid. For the other side, Atlanta r- really could not find an offensive rhythm I- in this game. Ended up only scoring t- uh, 23 points in that first quarter. And I thought at the beginning of the game, just so weird stat here for the Hawks. No threes attempted for the first seven minutes of this game. That's not what you like to see if you're Quinn Snyder. No, it's definitely not what you want to see. Um, me and you also talked about the Hawks getting up three-point shots at halftime. And the last two games has been very poor. I thought as this game went along, uh, and, and we'll get into that a little bit more, that they really took the emphasis of getting the three ball up. Yeah, especially especially Bo- uh, Bogey and Sadiq Bey. I think both of, both of them were really letting it fly as the, as the game went on. But that... So, you know, we talked about in the last podcast about the Hawks getting off to a good start. And they did that in the Brooklyn game. They also did it in the Milwaukee game. And the old Hawks kind of reared their heads back in this one with another slow start in the first. Yeah, and uh, it was it was based off largely the offense. Uh, the 76ers it, the 76ers did score 35 points in the first quarter, so def- defensively, no shock. 
for for the Hawks, but they they did struggle. But normally the the offense was never a problem to to begin the first. It was it, the other team might score a ton of points, but the Hawks might be there with them. Uh, this time this time the offense never found a rhythm really uh, until uh, the second uh, really until the second quarter was the only time that uh, the Dejounte led offense kind of materialized and got into a rhythm. Uh, tw- the Sixers really quickly got out to uh, a 10-point lead here, 26-16. to 16, And at that point, the Hawks had only taken two threes, and the Sixers t- took eight and made five of them. That That's just a huge difference right there. Yeah, and and into the first, whenever we brought out Patty Mills and uh, Trent Forrest, I, I was looking at, at the screen and I'm thinking, there ain't no way the Hawks are going to try to throw this game this early into it because I felt like, you know, throwing both of those guys out at the exact same time was risky. It, it was really risky. And the lineup actually worked out really well for the Hawks. Uh, I was really surprised. They, they played really well together. Um, I, I think that, you know, maybe every once in a while, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of Trent Forrest. Yeah. Uh, as, as we move on a little bit here in the first quarter, one thing that I thought was just really eye-catching out of possession uh, to end the first was Onyeka Kangwu had a decent amount of space to shoot a three, and he ended up shooting it, but Joel Embiid completely backed away, giving him that shot. And it kind of showed me that, Teams teams don't really respect the Onyeka Kongo three ball yet, and he's not shooting it well on the season right now. He's only made five for the year. Uh, he's shooting it in in the tw- in the twenties from three right now. But it just kind of took me aback and realized that when when you when you're a shooter in this league, you need to garner the you need to garner the amount of like fear in the defense that you'll put up a three and make a three, kind of like. Bogdan Bogdanovich or, or Sadiq Bey for Atlanta. Uh, but it, oh, for Onyeka, it's just not there yet. Yeah, for Onyeka, I think that he has 15 attempts for the year, if I'm not mistaken. And for me, that's not enough attempts for Onyeka to really earn that respect yet. I think the Hawks need to find more and more ways to get Onyeka that ball out of the three-point line. I think that he he does have the potential to shoot that at a good clip. But I, 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 me personally, I just don't think the Hawks are doing a great job of getting it for him right now. He's definitely got the touch as far as just instinctively and around the basket. He has that to develop a good three-point shot. But unfortunately, it's just not there yet. Hawks only ended up getting eight, uh, getting up eight threes and just scored tw- 23 points uh, from a Quinn Snyder-led team. That is not... That is not what you expect. Yeah, so moving on to the second quarter, this is where the Hawks really turned it on. Um, they outscored the 76ers 40-43 to 37. Sadiq, Patty, OO, they were fueling that run. And um, the, the minutes where Joel was on the, wasn't on the floor, I, I felt like the Hawks um, really took advantage of it. Yeah, Nick Nurse has definitely ran Joel Embiid a lot of minutes in these games. He plays the first quarter all, almost nightly, and to begin the second quarter, the Hawks took the Hawks took advantage of that right away, speeding up the pace, getting easy buckets. Even even in Toronto, uh, Nick Nurse, uh, and it's been well known he used to run their players into the ground, and I hope that's not the case for Joel because I actually, you know, as a basketball fan, I enjoy watching Joel play whenever he's not flopping or or whatever he's doing. I think he's a really good ba- basketball player. Yeah. Uh, but these the non Embiid minutes were huge. It's similar similar stuff when you see the Nikola Jokic on off minutes and Joel Embiid on off minutes for the Sixers versus the Nuggets. That, that's pretty much the same when any team uh, opposes them. And Hawks did Hawks did a great job of that. I thought Patty Mills specifically. You talked uh, a bit earlier about him. 
the energy that he came with, that he played with, uh, run, running around these screens, shooting the three ball, pushing in transition. I think uh, the transition game for the Hawks definitely opened up in that second quarter, where as in the first quarter, it looked like the offense was kind of trudging through mud. They they couldn't they couldn't develop uh, a, a lot of open shots, and the shots that they did get, a lot of them just weren't going down. Uh, Dejounte mid range w- was not falling. Again, that's probably due uh, to the lo- a lot of length that the 76ers have of their good defenders. So. This this stretch in the second quarter was something that uh, was promising, but unfortunately, it really only lasted in that quarter. Yeah, I thought DeAndre Hunter um, in that second quarter really got going too. Uh, hit a couple mid ranges, shot shot a couple threes, and something I liked seeing from Hunter tonight was that he was making sure to stay back and help with rebounds. Um, that is something that Hawks fans have harped on. Um, as of lately, it hasn't been very, very good with him with the rebounds, but tonight he had seven of them and the, it was a, it was a, you know, refreshing to see from him. Yeah. The, the rebound, the rebounding battle, actually, the Hawks came out on top 55 to 48 and against a team that is significantly bigger uh, than Atlanta. You definitely, you definitely like to see that if you're a Hawks fan. Uh, one of the biggest keys, I think, to that second quarter run was DeJounte Murray being able to get to the rim or shoot the three off the pick and roll. A lot of the time in the first quarter, it was just him looking, just him looking for that mid-range shot. And it's it's just not there versus this team. The 76 is a very good perimeter defensive the defense team. And when he's getting to the rim or getting to the free throw line, shooting the three, those type of things keep defenses off balance and just have them guessing, okay. Now, what is DeJounte going to do? Is he going to snake the screen for the mid-ranger? Is he going to burst off of it to the rim? And this, unfortunately, was really the only quarter that DeJounte was able to get, get this, like, mix and match in the pick and roll and find this rhythm. Yeah, I think that, you know, when DJ gets in that rhythm, he, he's really hard to stop. And whenever he he's doing the mid-range off, uh, off the top with Capella, it... The way he snakes it is, you know, very, very um, productive for his shot. I I noticed also, and, and, you know, going into the third a little bit, I I noticed that the Hawks kind of changed that up a little bit and started using him more on the side in the pick and roll to get, you know, the shot from the side. It it benefited the Hawks a little bit, but ultimately I'd still, you know, personally like to see him shoot that from the nail where he he just loves to take it. The the Hawks in in this game actually let, actually let at halftime coming out of this game. They they led this game. They led this game 68 to 60, 62 and that's that was that was refreshing to see the, the the run that they went on to end that second half it looked like they came out with energy and, and was fueled to to kind of win a game that nobody thought they could win uh with without trey and deandre hunter like you like you mentioned was a huge part of that hitting a hitting a three with, uh to put the hawks up for their first lead 63 to 62 speaking of threes bogey actually hit three threes in the second quarter funny enough it was actually ended up being all his threes uh, in, in in the second quarter, but both Bogey and DeAndre Hunter and, and Dejounte Murray, I would add to those three guys, were absolutely instrumental 
in keeping that offensive run uh, started by Sadiq, Patty Mills, and Onyeka Okongwu in that second quarter. Yeah, and we'll move to the third right here. I think that, um, you know, the 76ers came out and, well, the Hawks hit a three just to start out the third with Sadiq Bay, And then then the 76ers won a 6-0 run to, to tie it back up. I, I think that when teams go on runs like that, you have to have quick answers and, and get, you know, and try to make a run yourself. And it feels like without Trey, it's really, really, you have to really put into work to make those runs happen. Definitely for DeJounte, where Trey has that instant gravity that DeJounte doesn't, where, he, you know, Trey drives, there's always going to be that kick out. With DJ, it's not as much. Yeah, uh, DeJounte was kind of settled back into that first quarter offensive mentality, and that did, that did not help the Hawks at all, I think. But a big a big reason the Hawks stayed in this game, even though they had a bad quarter, uh, was DeAndre Hunter. In the third quarter, he, he, he was going, he was really carrying the Hawks with three straight buckets at one point, uh, to close, to close the quarter for DeAndre. And that was, it was really good to see. I mean, he had, sure, he had his fair share of, of bad turnovers with, uh, with ball handling, but the, the way he played on both ends tonight overall was, was a welcome sight for the Hawks. Speaking of turnovers, Atlanta didn't have a turnover for a quarter and a half. Since the end of the first quarter in this game, at one point, so th- there was there was that the preaching ball security was is de- was definitely important tonight because you cannot when the Hawks are shorthanded, you cannot give the other team when they when they have both their stars Maxi and Embiid more possessions. And I thought you know I thought thought overall Hawks definitely did a good job of that. Yeah, DeAndre was cooking in the third. Um, I, I thought that, you know, he was getting everything that he kind of wanted. They were they were giving him that mid-range shot. He got up, and, you know, I think, um, I want to say it was two more threes in that quarter. That's that's the stuff we love to see, you know, DeAndre do. Um, I, I thought he was uh, really good at trying to get to the rim. Uh, Joel Embiid had a, had a pretty good block on him, but it, it, I, he had a pretty nasty block on him. I ain't even got lost. That was a really good block. That was a really good block. And but for for me, you know, seeing DeAndre take that ball right there and have no fear that Joel is up under the rim. That is something that Quinn Snyder has been trying to, you know, preach to DeAndre is just attack the rim. And, you know, we'll, we'll live with what happens after that. Yeah. At the end of the quarter, DeAndre ended up being the Hawks' leading scorer with 21. Both, all of the starters actually had uh, 10 or more points entering the fourth. And the Hawks, the Hawks were down one entering the fourth quarter on the road as underdogs without Trey Young. This game from there sounds like a winnable game. You, you, nobody expects you to be able to close this out in the fourth quarter. And to start the fourth, the Hawks, de- the Hawks definitely, definitely looked okay. They were, they were trading baskets a lot with the Sixers. Um, jo- Joel, Joel Embiid was doing his thing once he, once he came back uh, in the fourth. But the, the combination of Bogey, Dre, and, and Sadiq as well. I thought Sadiq played an excellent game tonight, especially on that offensive end. Um, but it, it was a lot of trading buckets, like it was for the most part in that Nets game. Uh, that we talked about last podcast. Yeah, I, I felt like in the beginning of the fourth, the Hawks and Philly were just trading punches. And something that we haven't talked about too, too much through, throughout this is uh, Clint Capella. Clint Capella on, on the rebounds, definitely on the offensive side. Um, I thought that, you know, he did a really great job with the offensive rebounds. He had 10 of them, 10 offensive rebounds. Um, in the second and in the third quarter, I thought that, you know, he was doing a, a really good job at 
not only taking the ball and going right back up, but also looking outside to find the open shooter if there was one. Um, that's something that he hasn't been fond of as of lately, but I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, uh, speaking of both centers, actually, I think Capella and Akangu, obviously Joel Embiid is going to get his versus the Hawks. It's just it's just something that something that normally always happens. But I thought both on Yeka Akangu and Capella but played much better defense tonight versus, versus the guards that came into the paint and, and tried to score on them. Uh, lately, uh, we talked about on the Yeka Akangu's defense on, on the last episode and where it hasn't been where it's needed to be for the Hawks to, to reach that level. And I think tonight, both centers uh, really stepped up in that department as far as not letting the guards and the wings when they attack the rim, uh, getting as easy looks as they have been throughout the season. Yeah, and and moving on further down into the fourth, uh, as the Hawks and the 76ers were going back and forth, at at one point in this game, at at the 315 mark, uh, this game was tied 109 to 109. And I know the final score doesn't really reflect that, but um, this game was winnable for the Hawks. Yeah, if if you're a Hawks, if you're a Hawks fan, asking for this game to be tied at 109 with three minutes and 15 seconds left, down Trey Young, Hawks fans will, will take that all, all night. And that's it, it was it. The Hawks put themselves in a position to win without their without their best player. But unfortunately, as as we go along here, it it, it did not turn well after that stretch. Yeah. So at that 109 mark. Uh, Joel Embiid actually goes down with a right knee problem. And I don't know how bad it really hurt them. But the issue after the 109 to 109 at the 315 mark, the Hawks did not score again into the 45-second mark in this game. That is rough. That is rough. Rough is an understatement. Um, The 76ers went on a 12-0 run and – you know, pretty much closed out the game on yeah. a on a maxi three dagger. Um, I felt like this game, you know, was toast. Yeah, uh, that max that maxi three put them up one one oh nine, one eighteen. And a lot a lot of that run this uh when the Hawks didn't score for, for almost three minutes was it it wasn't a it was just the lack of lack of fluidity, l- lack of player movement. I don't really feel like the ball stuck if if you if you're the Hawks. But they just could not get organized uh, offensively. And, Tim, do you know what it reminded me of? The Hawks played the Orlando Magic uh, in that Mexico City game earlier in this season. And Atlanta ended up winning that game. Or, uh, or sorry, the Hawks ended up winning that game. Orlando could never get offense, uh, could get get organized offensively late in that fourth quarter. And the Hawks took advantage of it. Here, they, the, the game was tied, and the 76ers were able to run away with the game because of that lack of organization from the Hawks. And a large part of that is just missing Trey Young. Yeah, and, you know, the Hawks had – DeJounte Murray had a bad foul, take foul. So did Bogey. Um, I, I felt like um, those take fouls were frustration fouls because mm-hmm. on one play, Bogey had a cut in the hunter, which he was clearly fouled. Refs missed the call. But instead, Bogey fouls in transition. They get the free free throw. And then they still get two points uh, right after that. As you know, it went from a, a possible you know two point play where a hundred shooting uh, free throws to you know it ends up being a, a really a, a five point swing right there. And the the thing is, you can't give those up and and then have another frustration foul after that, just piling on you know mistake after mistake. 
Yeah, the the offense the offense is not normally uh, the the culprit for the Hawks, but in in this game, the only like I mentioned in the top of the show, the only quarter that the Hawks scored more than twenty four points was the second. They scored forty five points in the second quarter compared to the seventy six or twenty seven. But in the other three, Atlanta scored twenty three in the first, twenty four in the third, and twenty two points in the final frame. That's just not going to get it done as far as uh, some offensive consistency. And when you're undersized versus a big team, even though the Hawks rebounded the 76ers, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, both with 30-point nights, really carried the load offensively for the Sixers, and the Hawks weren't able to stop them. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about uh, Hunter's uh, reunion at home and him kind of getting his give back. I I thought he played really good defense on Tobias. He did. Uh, I think Tobias only had 12 tonight. Uh, 13. 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, like uh, the last Philly game we played, Tobias was a crucial part in their fourth quarter of, of finishing that game off on us. Yeah. And I, I thought that, you know, throughout this game, DeAndre played really well defensively to keep that from happening. Yeah. He let Tobias, when the Hawks played the 76ers, he led that, he led that final push to put them over the edge. And in the last game, Hunter played great defense against Mikhail, against Mikael Bridges for 24 minutes, but in that second half, it wasn't the same. This time, Hunter definitely played great defense throughout the entire game when, on, on Harris uh, to kind of shut him down. But unfortunately, like I mentioned before, Maxi and Embiid were just huge and, and great scores tonight for the 76ers. All right, you ready to do a player breakdown? All right, so we'll we'll start with the bench first. I'll go with Patty Mills. Uh, uh, 16 minutes, one for four from the field, one for three from three. Um, three points. Uh, he was solid. He played good defense. I, I think that, you know, he was solid. As we move on here, as we move on here to Trent Forrest, uh, really, really, he hasn't, he hasn't seen many rotation minutes. And same with Patty Mills. Uh, he, played, he played in that Detroit game uh, when Trey missed as well. But he was two five from the field for six for six points. And he added an assist and a rebound uh, for Forrest. His his defense is is his calling card. He played a lot of times when Maxi was off the floor uh, when he was matched up against Pat Bev. But Forrest in the pick and roll, really, uh, especially with Kongu and Capella, his lack of a jump shot kind of hinders the the spacing for for the Hawks. And definitely they definitely had trouble scoring uh, with him out there. Unfortunately. Um, moving on to Garrison Matthews, uh, two minutes, one shot. Uh, he played good defense. Other than that, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gar- Garrison Matthews came in came in the game for for like two for two minutes, like you said. And and uh, Qu- Quinn Snyder said he he'd seen enough apparently. As we move on here to Onyeka Kangu, another in- uncharacteristic rough shooting night for Onyeka. These these shots aren't gonna aren't going down right now for him. Three of seven from the field for seven points, eight rebounds. Two assists, two but two blocks though, and those defensive stats are slowly coming back. I thought I thought the defense he played tonight was much better than than most of the season. He he was good against, he was good against guards. You know, Embiid, Embiid is Embiid is Embiid against both of our centers, uh, but uh, there's but there's there's some improvement here from Okong on the defensive end, which I thought was a welcome sight. Yeah, and moving on to Wesley Matthews, uh, he had nine minutes, uh, three points. Oh, from three from the field. Uh, his, his three points came from the three-point line off a of foul. Um, uh, I thought he played good defense, but I, I'd like to see a little bit more offense from Wesley. 
than, than what we're seeing. But, uh, you know, defensively, he's always been pretty good. Yeah, during the broadcast, Bob Rathbun had mentioned that Wesley Matthews was getting getting uh, what his legs taped up, and he did come back in the game, but he sat for a long time in that in that first half. Didn't come back after after a few minutes there, but he did return in that second half. So I wonder, I wonder if the Hawks will list Wes Matthews on the injury report coming coming into this game with uh, whatever transpired there. Maybe more AJ Griffin minutes. It could it could mean we see some AJ Griffin minutes. AJ did not play tonight on a night where Troy Young missed the game. So that's that that kind of shows where AJ is high in the in the pecking order uh, for Quinn. Uh, as we as we move on to the starting lineup here, I, we'll start we'll start with Capella. Uh, Capella six of twelve from the field, fifteen points, sixteen rebounds. Like you mentioned before, ten of those on the offensive end. He added two assists and a block. I thought Capella was really good, like you said before, aggressive on the glass, and he took his shots when he needed to, but also was was able to pass them out. Ideally, ideally, you'd like Capella's field goal percentage to be a little bit higher than the, that six for twelve, uh, but really, that's just nitpicking. I thought Capella, especially on the rebounding front, did a great job. Yeah, I mean, the last game seventeen, this game fifteen. Uh, I think you know Clint Capella always brings his best whenever Joel's in you know in the game, so. I always, I've always thought that. Um, moving to Sadiq Bay, um, thirty-eight minutes, uh, six from twenty from the field, three for nine from deep. Uh, he had one free throw. He had eight rebounds, one assist, um, sixteen points plus two. I thought Sadiq was really good tonight. Um, I, I thought that you know he got the three ball going early, and I think that you know something that is undervalued with Sadiq Bay is his rebounding. He had five offensive rebounds. I, I think that that's something that this Hawk, Hawks team needs it is somebody to help Capella on the glass, definitely on the offensive side. And it's nice to see. Especially especially without especially without Jalen Johnson. And Sadiq, even though, you know, rough shooting night, something I love to see from him is getting up nine threes. That, that's great. That's great volume for Sadiq. And, you know, he was brought, he was brought here to shoot, shoot the lights out. And and I'm and I'm glad to see that volume out of him. As we move on here to Bogey, uh, Bogey was seven of seventeen from the field, just three of eleven from deep. Uh, did it end up with twenty points, nine rebounds, uh, tying a career high uh, for Bogdan Bogdanovich there. Uh, add, added an assist and a steal. I thought Bo I thought Bogey, aside from three of eleven from three, was again was again really good tonight. I think the the Hawks leaned on him a lot uh, when when Murray was off the court. To to kind of initiate some offense, the way the way Trent Force wasn't wasn't able to when he was on the court the majority of the time, and I thought that Bo, Bogey kind of put 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 in a Bogey game. I thought I thought honestly that Bogey might have been able to go for thirty with the first half that he had, uh, but kind of slowed down there a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I thought Bogey was great. Besides the the three point shot, uh, I thought that you know he he really got into his groove. Um, something strange that, you know, looking at the box score and we'll move to DeJounte Murray had 35 minutes. I expected DJ to have more minutes with Trey being out and, so did I. you know, you know, Capella aside, he played less than every other starter. Um, he went seven from 17 from the field, two for five from three, uh, four for four from the, from the stripe. Um, he had four rebounds, nine assists, one steal. Four turnovers and twenty points, um, minus seven in the plus minus. Uh, I thought you know DJ had 
one really good quarter. And I felt like, you know, you know, that second quarter he got going. I thought the first, third, and fourth, it just, you know, was lackluster to say the least. Yeah, the the, the offensive dependency that that the Hawks had for him, just like in that in that Pistons game that um that Trey missed, it, it just wasn't there unfortunately. And you know, Detroit Detroit's a way worse team than than the 76ers, but again, a lot of that is what I've harped on, uh, which is that that tall, lengthy, per, good perimeter defense of the Sixers bothering what DeJounte Murray likes to do, snaking that pick and roll. As as we move on here to, to the player of the game for the Hawks, uh, DeAndre Hunter shot 9 of 18 from the field, 4 of 7 from deep for 24 points, added 7 rebounds and an assist. Uh, like, we, like we've said multiple times on this podcast, this was Dre's get back after getting ejected uh, that last game against Philly and coming home. He he wanted he wanted to get back game and he got it. Uh, played great defense on Tobias Harris and when he got going there in the third quarter, it just looked like he he it just looked like nobody could stop him. It, it was funny because he took the ball he took the ball in transition and it was it was kind of an uncomfortable moment uh, for the Hawks at that uh, at that time. But when he gets that confidence, you still love to see it. Yeah, um, I. I... Me as a DeAndre Hunter fan myself, um, I, I, I love to see this from Drake. Um, I, I think that, you know, he was really playing his game tonight, and uh, I hope he keeps it up. Consistency is the biggest part for him. If he can stay consistent, I, I don't think you'll hear many people in, you know, the Hawks, uh, the Hawks fear talking about him. Um, as, as, we move on, as we move on here, the Hawks' next game will be at home against the defending champion Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, they're going to be coming into State Farm Arena. What do the Hawks do to get off this three-game losing streak and grab a win against the defending champions, Tim? I think you have to limit Nikola Jokic. And it is easier said than done. I can tell you that. It is easier said than done. Um I can tell you this, Jamal Murray, he likes playing against the Hawks. He scored 41 the last time we played him. So, um, for for me, uh, I need Trey Young back. And I think that, you know, if the Hawks get Trey Young back and we have the guys playing at the pace they're playing at now, I think we can keep up with them. The Nuggets, the Nuggets are also uh, a big team with Jokic, Aaron Gordon down there as well, Michael Porter Jr., it's 6'10 at that small forward position. So another rebounding challenge for the Hawks. They responded tonight out rebounding the 76 to 55 to 48. But can can they do it against the against the Nuggets? That's that's gonna be another question. Speaking of rebound challenge, the last time the Hawks played uh Nikola Jokic, he had 18 rebounds. That is a big number. And that was playing against Clay Capella, who is arguably still one of the top five rebounders in the NBA. Definitely so, top five, yeah. So there is um, there there is going to be a task on hand. They're going to need all hands on deck, definitely on the boards. Yeah, speaking a little bit more about Jokic, when Lloyd Pierce was coaching the Hawks a few years back, one of the things that Pierce did a, such a great job of was limiting Nikola Jokic to either being a pass-first guy or a scorer. And I think the Hawks are going to need to uh, run a game plan to do that, to have the best shot at winning this game. Uh, you know, Jokic, Jokic will always say he loves passing to his teammates way more than scoring. 
but he can score and he will if that's how the defense is playing him. So Hawks are going to need to switch up their looks, uh, maybe run out, run a few double teams at him, but not too many because, like I mentioned, he loves he loves passing the ball and that's how he opens up the game for the rest of his teammates. So, like Tim said, easier said than done, but got to make Jokic a primary scorer or a primary passer, not. Yeah, and, you know, kind of closing out on, you know, the Denver preview, guys like DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, last time we played the Nuggets, he scored 20. Um, DJ, DJ scored 28. Like, you're going to have to have these guys step up, you know, night in and night out. And if they could do that, the Hawks stand a chance for sure. Yep. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Make sure to be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.